Welcome, friends, to the Celluloid Pudding Podcast. Cindy, recording is in progress. It's 34. It's 34 degrees on this eighth day of March 2022. Welcome. Welcome to the Celluloid Pudding Podcast. Let's do that again. (laughs) Okay. Let me me do that. So what temperature is it? It's 34 degrees. So it's it's just steaming up here in in Ohio. (laughs) ready to break out my bathing suit. Is there snow on the mountain? Well, we got no mountains where I am, but um, but it's it's still cold. Spring happens around June. Good evening, everybody. It's it's uh, what is it? What are we? We're the we're the celluloid pudding podcast, or do you mean something? No, I I deeper and more metaphysical. Take it away, Sam. (laughs) Take it away. All right. Yeah. Welcome on this lovely March evening in 2022. Beth and I are just doing a short tonight, and we don't really know what that means. Short means nothing to us. It actually has no meaning for me whatsoever. Just a little housekeeping, and maybe we'll divulge some information that we have not been willing to divulge thus far. But we feel like we're getting to know you a little better, and you're getting to know us, and it's it's time to take it to the next level yeah Um, we're we're feeling closer to you we are so we 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 trust we want to open up we do honesty transparency in a relationship it's really important that's right (laughs) so so um the last i mean our trailer we put out last night you can listen to that if you're you're feeling giddy and 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 need some entertainment but it it was a kind of a trailer but we didn't get to some of the points we wanted to make about our our last episode Dolores Claiborne our last proper episode and there were a few gaffes that I was embarrassed about after recording that I wanted to address what were those gaffes Sammy well uh I mixed up the words Paris Troika and Glasnost. And you might ask yourself, what what does that have to do with Dolores Claiborne, <laughs> which takes place in <laughs> Maine? We... Oh, no. <laughs> and centers on, you know, an abusive uh, domestic situation within the borders of America only. But I don't know why. I think I had mentioned, you know, like you do, something sort unrelated of... Yeah, that is sort of sideways adjacent, relatable between. It is. <laughs> between. And um, all I, you know, I, I said that Perestroika was a, a new, uh, uh, a, a new expression of openness within the Russian borders. And what it's, it's really glasnos and Perestroika was more of an economic shift. And I really don't want to go more deeply than that, except to say that glasnost is that 
openness that refers to freedom of expression, and perestroika means a kind of re restructuring of the economic situation. And both of those things, though, ultimately, I think, informed the demise of the USSR. And none of that was important to our discussion of Hillary's <laughs> But we were, but, but we were uh, being honest in Dolores Claiborne about how we were feeling about what was going yes, on. That's globally. true. I, I'd mentioned that I, I was, I'd watched a film called The Russia House based on the wonderful John Le Carre book. And Beth asked me what it was about. And I, I blew it, man. You, so, <laughs> you didn't, I'm it. ruined now. Ruination You're because ruined. of that. Um, if you oh. can believe Michelle Pfeiffer is a, you know, a Russian woman, right. Believe Glasnost is perestroika and vice versa. But well, be because you did that, I was able to, I, I like learning new things. And um, yeah. I, I didn't correct you, so I know the difference. I'm like, perestroika, Glasnost, it's all the same. It's me. all in the selling yeah. of it. You know, um, you can say anything but, if, with. But what was interesting that I did not realize is that perestroika was initially the policy of perestroika or the impetus of perestroika. I don't know how you want to, because like you said, I don't want to go too deeply in this because yeah, uh, was started or mentioned originally by Brezhnev, which goes back yes. to the 70s. And I, I was like, wow. 80, 80, yeah, well, yeah. And then 79, I think. I, I think took off in the 80s, more, more or less. Yeah. But yes, but initiated I mean, he, then. he was the first one that, that said, hey, we should do this which was, I thought was interesting. I, and, I never knew that. And, um, and yeah, that didn't cause the fall of the USSR, but after that openness and restructuring and venturing into freedom of expression and capitalism, yeah. uh, hitherto for unknown in the region, um, it, yeah, it, it led to the demise of the USSR. And now with this crazy motherfucker, uh, we, we see somebody who wants to reinstate the USSR back to the USSR. <sighs> yeah. Feeling yeah. bad feelings. <clears throat> yeah, Sam, I remember, you know, uh, another thing that got brought up in Dolores Claiborne was the, the whole psychic ability. <laughs> Mona saying, uh, rather matter-of-factly, well, I think they're kind of psychic mainers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, and you had said, I think this was around the, the first of the year, uh, that you had a bad feeling. You, you were like, just something's bothering me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm a little superstitious, and I listen to my my cells tingle when they do so. And yeah, I had a feeling something, and and that's saying something. I'm not sure what, but that's <laughs> saying something because I've been a rut in a rut since 2016, basically. And I don't know, I had a feeling that this year might produce something really cosmically big and important to happen. Okay, well, we had a little bit of a uh, problem with our, our connection there. So we're basically starting over, not starting over, we're continuing, right, Sam? We are. Uh, we yeah. got connected and, and it was terrible. We had really probably the most eloquent, brilliant discussion ever. And uh, we realized we didn't hit record after the third time we had been disconnected and then reconnected. So that's yeah. lost. It's just lost. Yeah. It's just lost for us. It would have immortalized us. And that's the sad part about it. <laughs> we would have gotten us at least a thousand people a following Nobel on our Insta. And God knows what else. It's, it's, it's a travesty. I just want to know how I can make 
make and rate podcasters of Instagram. Do we need to we post need sexy pictures? What? I don't know. <laughs> so we can trend. Okay. Trend. We have trend to make hotness. A, a, somebody has to make a short list, right? We have to get to a short list because there are an awful lot out there. Yeah, there are. Like, why? Yeah. Why should you guys listen to us? I'll tell you why. Because. <laughs> Because we really need to express ourselves and we really need to interact with you. You are a magnet and I am steel. You are a magnet and I am steel. Man, what a day. What a day. Uh, a long time, didn't you? I, I want to continue on with what we were going to do with the episode, but I'm just going to be honest about my feelings. Uh, okay. Bombing a hospital is absolute fucking bullshit. That is yeah. And and, uh, and and the diversionary talk is about gas prices. I'm sorry, I don't care. Yeah, please go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you, honestly, go about, fuck yourself. Oh, to fill up your car in Germany is about $150 right now. Like we yeah. if we uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh Yeah, it's just been one of those don't, days. Don't equate a child's life with, you know, your outrage over gas prices. Yeah. And now, now uh, I mean, I'm, I've lost count, but I think we probably have about ten thousand troops over there, in spread out through Na- through our NATO nations. Yeah. I think I read uh, saw something today about seven thousand, and uh, in Germany, and then there are more troops in Poland, and so I mean, I'm just trying to total because initially we sent some troops over there. But this was today that I saw that. So I'm thinking maybe we're we're around 10 now, 10K. I don't know that That's, for sure, the number. Yeah. And I also don't know for sure the number of casualties. We don't know those things. Yeah. Right, right. But it's, 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 uh, stop bitching about the price of gas. And the you know what? I trust in all, I trust two people. Who's my, my guy at the Kiev uh, Independent? His name's Ilya something on Twitter. Right. I should look that up. I'll tell you before. I'll, I'll put his Twitter in the at the end of the podcast in case you'd like to follow yeah. someone on the ground who talks about the reality of, of the, the war on the ground, but also is very human and talks about his own feelings as well. I like him. All right. Um, oh, and to top things off, the cherry on top, this, the Florida State Legislature passed the Don't Say Gay Bill. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, no. Is that possible no. that we're in what, 2022? Did we? What, what kills me about that law is that it's, it's, they're like, oh, it's just for elementary school. Well, you know what? My daughter, yeah, star child, would have wound up in the principal's office yeah. at the, you know, very sweet, tender age of eight or, t- eight or nine or 10. Not, not uh, understanding what on earth her, her crime was. Right. Her school crime. So fuck you, Ron DeSantis. You, Fuck you to hell. Fucking piece of... You heard it here, loud and crap. crap. Death Santis. is fucking horrible. You know what? I am... Um, I was... <laughs> we were talking about what we'd like to do to Putin. I, I went on a rant on the phone to Sam. Yeah. And Sam pointed out to me, what did you point out? <laughs> it's like, it was basically violence that never solves anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're it, it trying was, to talk it, me it down about how we have our, you know, our own moral compasses. For example, I'll let you know that I am 
against the death penalty. I, I just am. And I find myself with this war saying things like nuke that motherfucker, kill Fucker him, again, stab him, you know, extremely violent thoughts that my God, I wouldn't hurt of anything, but, but that this one little maniac, this, this awful maniac has us all held hostage is, is baffling to me. Yeah. My, my, uh, my take is that we just need to be staunch against irrationality. There would, there needs to be a war against (laughs) irrational thinking. What does that look like? I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. Just telling people to shut up. If they're if they're saying something stupid, I can't. I can't think of another resolution. A, a, a children's you can't, hospital, but you can't. Like, you can't reason with crazy though. There's some like you know. There are people out there that when you told me about the group of QAnon, but I I just wanted to <laughs> wrap wrap up our our rant about the state of the world. The people gathering in Dealey Plaza, the QAnon, yeah. waiting for John F. Kennedy Jr. to come back. Is that what you? No, no, I was just looking at that. something <laughs> completely different. Not that. No, no, no. But it was like, yeah. I thought, I thought it was just like done in a day or two. And Sam had pointed out to me, just like, no, they're still there. And I went, oh my God, yeah. really people? Really? Just, I don't know. I, I think the only answer is if someone's saying something stupid, ignore them. All right, let's get back to the war. No, let's wrap up the war. I'm just, I'm just disgusted with stupidity and ignorance and bullying, uh, because all you're trying to do is score political points with a very, very, very small section of people relative to how he's trying to rally a, I don't know what, I really don't know what. You know, I just feel like the he's making himself of- extremely irrelevant, though. Yeah. I I mean, just, I feel like the majority of humanity has just got bigger things that they worry about. I know. Right. That's it. You know, and right now we've all got bigger things to worry about. So. Uh, All right. We we, we didn't need a huge step back because of that, that idiot who who voted for him. They should be each be held personally accountable. No. And he's just gone south. Man. The the thing the thing with DeSantis though that pisses me off yeah. is he he kind of got in there. He snuck in there as like the moderate safe choice. Blah blah blah. He's not as bad as whoever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and he's just he's gone headfirst into the shit pole of of nastiness. And Well, the funny thing is he has a legitimate enemy now. You know how we need an enemy to unite everyone. And so here we've got Putin, great enemy to have, right? Right. And and still he's trying to divide people with with these, you know, by stepping on civil rights issues that that we thought we had already dealt with and embraced. All I can say is there's a really smart, very progressive-minded attorneys in Palm Beach County in Broward County, in Dade County. And I would encourage everyone who's pissed off about this, just, just let them, let them do, let, let the school system step over the line and go find those attorneys and, and challenge the stupid fucking piece of shit law. Civil disobedience is, is definitely called for here. Yeah, they've already had students walk out for it. 
I, as a teacher, as an instructor, I, I think that that should, I, I don't know how vocal the Florida teachers are about this, but they should be making a fuss as well, in yeah. my opinion. All right. Well, rant over with. So, so that's about it about, so Dolores Claiborne is about many things. War. We, oppression of Floridians and children. The encouragement of COVID. Chastising youngsters for wearing a mask. Dolores uh, Claiborne has it all. And that's pretty prescient to be, you know, released in 95 and for King to have anticipated all of that. I Look, think I, I, I picked up an Emily Dickinson. I was getting a little fuzzy on all. I, I kind of, you know, I'm pretty promiscuous with the news and hop around a lot. And even those on the ground, uh, they're and earnestly fighting the good fight for Ukraine, right. don't have the correct tallies and can't have them. Right. right. So you have to say something with conviction. And that Emily Dickinson poem came to mind. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Remember that one? Yeah. Tell, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. The truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. Mm. And I, I think intuitively, I don't know, the media and, and humans in general know that you can't handle the truth. Even as much as we crave it, we, we can't get the truth. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So that's making us insane. We're thinking, why not? make a stand why not show the world that you mean business leaders of nato in your nato countries but i guess it's the better analogy would be poker right not dickinson i uh that that was kind of like what i meant by the the war against irrationality i think i think <laughs> you brought up the media and i thought at, there was a time when uh reputable news outlets and newspapers would just not entertain silliness and uh, opinions that were counter to facts. (laughs) Uh, So, and we're living in an age right now where it's like, well, you know, the truth is really relative. A matter of opinion, man. I know. That's why I was bashing the postmodernists during the run Lola run session. Yeah. Because, Aside from power issues, there's the the truth issue and perspective. Um, are you a freedom fighter or a terrorist? You know that old one. Well, back to movies. <laughs> we were oh, going to yeah. have a corrections corner. Yes. And uh, we, I think we dealt with perestroika and glasnost. And, and I, 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 I don't know if we got to Stockholm Syndrome, which was another of no, my gaps. No, you did not. So please, yes, please. All right. So it, if that. you can get your mind around all of what we just said and and point it back in the direction of Dolores Claiborne. The reason we're here tonight, or one of the many reasons we're here tonight, is to own some mistakes. And I already mentioned, too, that I that I mixed up the very different words, glasnost and perestroika, which absolutely had nothing to do with the film, but uh, another diversion. But I already owned that. You can just rewind if you'd like to hear it again. And my other thing wasn't a gaffe so much as an omission. The story Dolores Claiborne deals with an abusive man who wreaks, who just terrorizes his wife and sexually abuses his daughter. His daughter grows up, worships his memory, 
he's a hero in her mind. And I wanted to say something about that being a kind of Stockholm syndrome or not kind of, but definitely Stockholm syndrome where, where your abuser becomes this heroic, wonderful figure. And you demonize those around him, but not, but not the actual person who did the abusing. Yeah. It's even, it's actually kind of worse. They, you actually bond to that individual. My, my house cleaning yeah. <laughs> was very simply, you had mentioned George Siegel, and I know he's a favorite actor, was a favorite actor of yours. And I had made a comment that he died. And I was wondering if he had died in 2020. Just let it run. So uh, just George Siegel, uh, it will be a year that he passed away, March 23rd. And that was one of your, why are you bringing that up again? Oh. <laughs> Because I, you know, I just, I didn't have the right date and I, I and uh, it was just very recent and you had said, you know, it felt really recent and, it, and it's like, yeah, you're right. It was recent. It was yeah. very recent. It, and it's then, weird uh, to, sorry, go. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Cause I know, I know he's a favorite of yours. So he is a favorite uh, in the next film we'll be covering, which is who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. He's a young, young man and he's blonde with those dimples and he's winsome looking. And I didn't re- notice him until he was an older man and, and sort of having his second career as a sitcom star. So, yeah. so he was always the silver haired guy to me. And, and it's, it's fun to watch him as a, a young, young man in Mike Nichols' first film, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. He, uh, he starred in a lot of movies in the seventies, like as, yeah. as a leading, leading man. And um, I, I, I feel like it's unfair saying that, you know, he, he, he did have success appearing in sitcoms. It was never, it was kind of like, uh, God, I'm trying to think of some of the, the sitcoms he was in sort of like. In there the was late- one with the daughter Maya and it was sort of a, a glossy magazine. Gosh, I really liked yeah. it. Let me look it was at that. very funny and he's very funny. He's got great comedic timing. Yeah. Um, and, but he's, he also, you know, would I, I know he was in films too, yeah. but it, it was, you know, as he was older in his career, he would be cast as like the dad, you know, so, but um, yeah, nice actor. Yeah. Really I think the one work. I'm thinking of is just shoot me. Yes. I, I liked that's that it. one. I loved that. Um, yeah. Jack, Ga- he played a fellow by the name of Jack Gallo and his daughter works for him. Right. Right. And he's just sort of a, a present, but silent owner of this uh, of this business right he's aloof he doesn't get it and he just wants to be included (laughs) sort of like in wkrp in cincinnati you know how who was the main guy who owned the place and everyone had to sort of appease him but he really didn't do much except have money yeah he didn't any i don't think he just wanted to play yeah play with me so uh so there was that and then um now this is where Sam's going to go off on me. So the whole thing about Dolores Claiborne, and <laughs> I can hear her laughing at me already. I got upset because of the date of the eclipse. And this, oh <laughs> you, you must it, embrace it's important to me. Your suspension of disbelief. Okay, so the way it's portrayed in the film is that the it was an eclipse from 1975, which there was an eclipse in 75. Yes. Well, hold on. I, think I so. you may you caused me to waste a lot of time looking up 
eclipses you, you and types of eclipses <laughs> in, in, in the 70s. And in 1975, there was indeed a partial eclipse. Okay, but uh, what I'm yes. trying to say is the big eclipse was in 1970, was it not? There was apparently you there's a scale and like the greatest <laughs> eclipse ever. I didn't I didn't realize there was like a Miss America of eclipses, but the one who got the the tiara was the 1970 total eclipse of the sun. Yes, and that's the I think because you're so vain by Carly Simon where she talks about you. See, that's you where you lose me. You I flew just, your lyrics. <laughs> when we were talking, you said and therefore Carly Simon's "You're So Vain" kind no, of proves my so point, or something like that. Was and released I was in 1972. It was released in 1972. I think yes, 1972. So she had to be singing about the 1970 eclipse. That that line that is, um, "You flew your Learjet up to Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia to see a, the total eclipse of the sun." Okay, that had to be the 70 eclipse. Oh. Oh my okay. God. Well, there was a total, <laughs> let me tell you this, just Carly and I, Steve are as, as far as I know, even though he does have a rock band called, what is it called? The rock bottom, uh, remainders with, with Amy Tan and, and a lot of, but you were correct. You were, I, I was just baffled by the way you connect the dots. Your mind works differently than, than mine <laughs> apparently. And since the movie takes place in 1995, but the flashback is to a solar eclipse in 1975, you became obsessed with the the mother of all eclipses, which apparently took place in 1970. But I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, I'm ready. That wasn't, you know, that lo lovely shot you like of um, Kathy Bates, where she's staring up at the eclipse and it yes. has a halo effect. The so-called ring of fire effect. That ring was an fire. annular solar eclipse, not a total eclipse. And that wow. did not occur in, in 75 either. When did it occur? Well, we don't know. There are a number. There was one in <laughs> 1979, 77, 73, 72. The, the really pretty one, I guess, is the 1970 <laughs> Miss Universe. Really, Miss Universe. Our sun, uh, <laughs> our moon, our sun and moon. And supposedly in Gerald's game, there's an eclipse. You had oh, oh, oh I had something else. I, oh. I, wanted, I want to apologize because you were trying to draw a connection between Gerald's game, uh, game and Dolores Claiborne. And of course, there, there is a connection. They were both <laughs> published in 1992. And Stephen King struggled with an idea. The idea was that he would it would all just be one book, Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne. But you know how books have a way of insisting on, on their own identity and, and, and being entities unto themselves. So it ended up that he published two different books that year, Dolores Claiborne and yep. Gerald's Game. And somehow yep. intuitively, unless you know it, you, either intuitively or just because you know it, you, you, connected those dots, Gerald's game and that eclipse and Dolores Claiborne. No, I, I didn't do it intuitively. I had read uh, something that, that was discussing the eclipse and the, the, the two, and then that had a, according to those novels that had happened in 1963 or something. Yeah. Or that's the interpretation they were giving, but you're blowing my mind 
that originally the intention was to have it as one. And and novel. he never uh, said anything about this title, but apparently in the crypts of fandom, uh, a title rolled around called In the Path of the Eclipse, where it was speculated that In the Path of the Eclipse would be part of a, a Stephen King universe where all of these different stories crossed paths and, and perhaps the eclipse was, was the, the highlight or the unifying cosmic event. That that's, is, a, uh, that's another rabbit hole we can go down. Yes. Power of the eclipse. Yeah. So, uh, so those are our screw ups. I think that we wanted to correct. And God then there are probably more, but yeah, but those were the, the <laughs> our four biggies. Yeah. Or the ones that were bugging us, it was getting under our skin terribly. Yeah, so it's a horrifying wanted. feeling to, to say to hit publish and then realize you've you've made a mistake, you know, in in fact or or, or in some other way, gotten a name wrong, a fact wrong. But, but we so, do not own our mistakes. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing we wanted to talk about was uh, April Fuckfest coming up. <laughs> I have to say, did did we already mention what what the two parter is? No, we did not because when we were recording and, and we lost that audio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's okay. the thing: we we've already told you that we're going to do midsummer. Yes, um, that traumatic experience, um, midsummer, and uh, we knew we told you there would be a two parter, but we. We weren't sure if we could get the film or, or let's put it this way. I couldn't justify us choosing a film that you folks that are listening could not watch yourselves. We wanted <laughs> we, something we, available that, yes. that anybody who might listen and say, oh, yes, I, I'd like to see that pornographic we, film might be able <laughs> to access that film without paying $50 or, or what have you. But it is available a, on the interwebs. Yes, we, ha we have a salute. Sam... Sam, <laughs> nothing can hide from Sam on the internet. I found it. She found it's it. All two hours and 26 minutes of it. And and where's it at, Sam? I think it's called Porn Noodle. Let me, <laughs> should we, should we link it in our description? Let me just uh, go back. Scroll we back. will, you know what, if we have to, we can link it. Uh <laughs> Can we? I don't know what we can get away it, with on Instagram. Look, there's a lot of pop-up um, yes. graphic nudity, but if you full screen the thing, you can watch the legitimate film for free on YouTube. You just have to enter a scary place, and it might be scary for some people, and that's at adult.noodlemagazine.com. Okay, that's good. And but, that's uh, the full uncut 1979 release of Caligula. And the only reason we're pushing that site is because we will be ha uh, having a two-parter during April Fuckfest of, uh, of, of our discussion of Caligula. It warrants two parts because, you know, knowing us, we're going to delve a little bit into, you know, how, how prurient and, and awful some Roman Caesars were. Except for the... Uh, what did you say? The, the Temple of Isis? Well, <laughs> well, no, I know you'd I know you'd be interested in that because there's there's a lovely little soiree with all the priestesses of Isis and, and they yeah. swim around and have a lot of fun. And it's really pretty. <laughs> it's nicely done. It's very very wholesome. Very, very wholesome. 
bring the kids put some burgers on the grill. <laughs> Uh, so we, we didn't make the big announcement though. So we're, we want, we are, we are going to do the film Caligula. Yes. And, uh, and I want to thank Sam for, you know, doing her, her detective work. Somebody had to go down that, that pornographic, uh, you know, right. Katie Lane. And, and I, I, I did it bravely. And I did watch so, the whole damn thing. So I am curious. I, I know you haven't seen it since you were probably 18, 19. Oh, I, yeah. Well, true confession. I, I think I saw it when I was underage. You didn't watch it again at the video extra on days? Oh, when yeah. All exploring. I did. Yeah. We probably, we probably saw it again uh, back in those days. Yeah. But we as a child some- to see it, that's... That's an interesting thing, and and my child, child was, to be. It was probably like sixteen or seventeen. I just know okay. that I wasn't eighteen. Yeah. I know I wasn't eighteen. I know I wasn't fourteen or fifteen. So I was probably you know sixteen or seventeen. So in, so you uh, have uh, porn industry actors acting right alongside uh, people from the Royal Shakespeare Company, and you know some actors didn't know that and and took umbrage. There are amazing. Most notably, John Gilgood. So. <laughs> Dear Sir John Gilgood. Sir John. Uh, Sir John. And also uh, Dame Helen Mirren, <laughs> who apparently knew exactly what was going on. She knew. She knew. Yeah. And Malcolm McDowell definitely knew. And, and so did Peter O'Toole. Saucy wench. Uh, I guess. I guess John Gilgood was the only one left out. God bless him. <laughs> oh goodness. Saucy man, probably uh, deflowered many a young man on the stage. So behind that curtain. What, excuse me. What yes, I heard when we get into Virginia, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf and all the gossip that that Richard Burton had a fling with John Gilgood when he was a very young actor and just getting started. Did his he start. really? Yeah. I cannot wait to hear the gossip that you're going to break out on the next. I have lots episode. of gossip. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it's scary. He died. Richard Burton died when he was only. 58 years old in 1984 and Elizabeth Taylor lived, you know, quite a while longer until she was 79 years old in March of 2011. Now in April of 2011, a tell all book called furious love, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, the marriage of a century was published. She had to have said, look, you can publish this, but just wait till I die kind of thing. Oh, wow. A month yeah. after her death. She had to be aware of the, the writing of the thing and, and to have contributed in some way. She was one of a kind, I think. God, Beth, and- I watched the worst thing tonight. It was, I think it was called Taylor and Burton. And Helena Bonham Carter tries to play Elizabeth Taylor. And it takes place in sort of 1983. They're going to do one one last play together. And of, and of course he, he died in 84. So he wasn't doing very which, well then even. Which play was that? Oh God. I want to say the companions. Hold on. It was a, it was a Noel Coward play. Okay. That was, it was a play. That was the last yes. project that they did. Together. And she felt very, I, I you know, she always that. deferred to him because of course he, that was his, he was, that was his element being on the stage. Okay. And that's where he, you know, he grew up on the stage and she was better at being the the cinematic butterfly that she was. And on on screen. 
anyhow, hell, in my opinion, that was an awful, dreadful thing uh, where Helena Bonham Carter is trying to play Elizabeth Taylor. But then I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and, and people just gushed over it. So now I'm thinking, am I wrong? Or maybe it was when it was released in 2013 or whatever. Uh, people were touched by Elizabeth's death and, and just applauding. Everything. Yeah, I think I it was know. probably more of a, it had to have been more of a, well, I'm not, we both love Helena, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Um, she was good as Margaret in the crown, but she just, as an American, as Elizabeth Taylor, I didn't buy it. I believe Elizabeth Taylor was born in England. Yes, but. But she was, she lived, you know, here. yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. But I do wonder, Sam, if Helena Bonham Carter played. Private Lives was the name of the play, by the way. That rings a bell. No coward. If Helena Bonham Carter played Liz Taylor um, at the age she is now, I wonder if, how you would feel about it. I just feel it, it might of, seem less affected, but it it seemed like a like almost Hallmark TV quality. Oh, I opinion. don't I hate it was that. Really bad. Yeah, you know, uh, you know how I feel about Dusty Springfield that came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, su- surprise. Um, no, I didn't know you were going to, I was going to mention it. I didn't know you were going to make such a big deal about my, the fact that I just adore her catalog and her. Uh, you um, know, I would, um, in, in fact, we're, we're going to get into that. You call me her number music. one fan. Are you, you called yourself her number one fan. And I, I swear I to God, never folks, said that. every day for about three no. months, Beth Look, sent I'm me a disgusted. song from her catalog and because I'm disgusted, waxed philosophical Look, about the lyrics and where Dusty no, was in her the, life. No. And Beth also went to London just to fondle the plaque on the house, on I the outside of the house where she used to live. So she plaque. is the number I one just fan. wanted to see where they had the little blue plaque. You didn't fondle it? You didn't, didn't touch it? it. You touched it. Of it? I just took pictures of it. I know you touched it. Why did I even bring up Dusty Springfield? Oh, the the um, you said had a hallmark cult quality. Um, Phyllis Nagy is writing the screenplay for this this Dusty Springfield biopic, oh. and it looks like it's just going to go to BBC Television or something, which tells me all right away it's going to suck. Um, <laughs> maybe not. I don't. I don't. BBC know. Television. Well, you know what? By the way, this Burton Taylor bit that I this bit of fluff I watched tonight was from P- BBC Television, so they aren't all that all the time. Although I, right. I do usually like BBC productions. Right. Uh, so, and Phyllis, for people that don't know, uh, if you're familiar with the film Carol, she did the adaptation of The Price of Salt for the film Carol, starring Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Yeah. And we lo- we love Carol. Yeah, Carol's um, going to be covered at some point. Yeah, it's and we love Todd Haynes. We absolutely love Todd Haynes. Yeah. Uh, anything Todd Haynes does. Um, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, I was just disappointed. I thought, well, it, it just sounds like it's hallmark version of her life. That's all. And that's, that's, that was disappointing to me because she has such, she lived an incredible life at an interesting time in the history of modern music. Wait, who's going to so. play her in this? Oh man, you really hit Who could me. play I her? Can't. I could see Nicole Kidman. Depending on what age they choose to show her. There 
it is a snapshot of when she recorded Dusty in Memphis, which is, like, you know, interesting. But if you don't get any of the background, look, Ray, Ray is how you do a music biopic. Ray is how you do a music biopic. Uh, I loved Ray probably more than I liked Walk the Line. I liked Walk the Line. I loved it. Uh, a lot. <laughs> I know you loved it, but I, I liked it a lot. But I really loved Ray uh, more. I, I haven't seen Ray yet, but I'm sure I'll agree with you when I finally watch. And speaking of music and films, mm-hmm. uh, something else we've been kicking around and that we're probably going to do this summer is we're going to do something called a summer concert series. <laughs> so we're, we're going to it's probably hard to make a short list for that. Really hard. Yeah. There's so many great things. But we're, what we're going to try and do over the summer months is pick at least one movie per month to cover that uh, is music related or musical yes. or concert. Wait, wait, yes. a rock, a concert movie or a musical? Because those are two I, different I was, animals. I was, we were going to focus on concerts yeah. specifically, but we know how things go. If for some reason you're like, well, this doesn't quite qualify. Not, I'm not talking about musicals. I'm talking about yeah. something musically related. So, okay. I, I was just uh, thinking the thing that comes to mind first is Tommy. And I don't, that would be, that's, that's cinema, kind of what I, that's our, kind of what I mean. Yeah. You know, we were we were talking about how we'd love to do Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Is, would that qualify for <laughs> anything with Jessica Harper, including Suspiria, qualifies for any genre where we're doing as well, as far right. as I'm concerned? And who's that um, little man that I think is my doppelganger? Paul Williams. Who? Yeah, I think that he is my my soulmate, and I I've always felt a kinship to him. Like if I had been born a man. And a little earlier, that somehow I would have been Paul Williams. Don't you think you, I look like him? You think you look like him, and I—I I feel like you I find do him that. incredibly sexy. I'm <laughs> glad you find him. Inc- well, then that would explain a lot. Um. <laughs> and, uh, so, in the same sentence, I'm saying he's a doppelganger, and I find him incredibly sexy, which is to say that I find myself incredibly sexy. No, that's not what I meant. I just meant I like Paul Williams a lot. He's a very I, talented I, man. I was just going to say, like... I the, like his little vest that he wears and his appearance <laughs> on Love Boat and just all his major work. I I remember Paul. my introduction to Paul Williams was the Merv Griffin show. <laughs> well, I bet his little legs there, were swinging on that <laughs> tall chair. Remember the chairs, the little plastic... Space Odyssey chairs. He's a small guy. He is a small guy. I like dimin- God, diminutive people. I will. God bless Paul Williams. He's one of the greatest uh, songwriters in modern pop music. Yeah. He's written some humdingers. Great, great. To let others songs. shine, just like Carol King. Like, I'm going to yeah. write this, and you're going to shine when you sing it. That's right. Same with Burke Baccarat, right? Yes. And Hal David. Uh, so that is that pretty much it. We were, you know, we're very know. excited. Is, yes. We're very excited that we can do Caligula now. Yes. And I, I can't thank you enough, Sam, for the sacrifices that you made. <laughs> I, I, I did because I, uh, my only advice to you <clears throat> is maybe to tell your significant other, perhaps watch it with your significant other 
but but don't try to hide the history. Say, look, I'm listening to this podcast and blame it on us. If your significant other says, why have you gone to adult noodlesex.com or whatever? I've forgotten it now, but it's a dodgy place. It's noodle, and there are lots porn. of, you know, those pop up things like you're just trying to read an article about um, the history of the Visigoths or something, but then right. some sort of, you know, agitated commercial ad will come up. Well, think of that in triple X, and that's what happens at this site. But if you expand the movie, you can watch it without those kind of distractions. We will we will keep looking for other alternatives. If any of our listeners have a a site that they yeah. that is reliable, please share the link, share the information, come to our DMs and tell us all about it. I think and it should anything- be called Traumatic Sex Fest. Not traumatic sex because you had brought that up. Like it's anti sexy. What would people think summer and Caligula? It's just not sexy. I think uh, Midsummer is an interesting film. It it is interesting, <laughs> and and we can talk a lot about fertility rights too, and and the real deal. Yeah, there's well, you you bring something up. Uh, you have certain fancy letters attached uh to I your credentials. Do. I know. And Midsummer is it's just sort of a natural fit. Um because you do have there's even one of my kind in that background. film. The one that they, you know Yeah. He wants to read that book and <laughs> and the other one wants to steal his his dissertation material. Yeah. So that's going on. Yeah. So uh, I just thought it was a great fit because we could get a, yeah. a really good perspective from you. Okay. Um, I have traumatic memories associated with it. I can't uh, wait to hear about it. It's, it's a delightful traumatic uh, memory from my perspective where I said, <laughs> I'm looking forward gonna, to you reliving that to, for our listeners. Yes. I'm going to tell them the, the, the truth, yeah. which is. You set me up. <laughs> I did. I said you've got to see this film. I have this. All right. I, I do. I I try my dainty hand at writing here and there, and I'm always on the lookout for a film that will scare me because nothing can scare me. Okay. The only thing that ever scared me was when I was 14 and watched The Exorcist. So I was ripe. I was a you know tender age and watched a scary movie. And since then, not a movie made has scared me i dare you listeners to find a film for me that will scare me there's there's a challenge but anyhow i i told beth it came close midsummer it it had a very high creep factor and that she must see this i didn't say she must see this with her her daughter no 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 no. i told you we were going to i i told you star child and i are going to watch a movie we want to watch something creepy scary and you're like oh oh midsummer and i said oh yeah i saw that and you and you recommended it highly i did without any warning at the very you know and it just you could read the little blurb like and and figure it out (laughs) but probably it's not gonna be all (laughs) well i I think everyone with a child should you know shock their child at at some point star child was an innocent at the time and and we, we just weren't prepared I was unprepared. Nobody was prepared for that scene. That was that was something else. Right. Well, we we're, there's plenty of time to talk about it when we when April gets here, and then Caligula. Uh, 
just there's so much there. There is. And I, I cannot resist doing Caligula. And well, then Concussion it, is just a really good film. It's, Concussion I think it's is just little... way up there in my top 10 as far as yeah. any film, not a, not a fuck fest film. Uh, Beth likes the pretty ladies. I like just the whole <laughs> portrait of a marriage theme yes. in that, in that film. Not that I would go to the links uh, one character does to, to yes. find herself, but, but it's, it's an interesting experiment in, in, what one might do to overcome that complacency within a marriage. How do you find yourself? So even doing the thought experiment without doing the legwork the, the actor does. Right. The, kind of opens horizons. There's, there's some really in, good scenes in there. There's one scene in particular in there that really conveys um, that, that loss of self and then yeah. loss of identity and, and then just sort of, uh, it, I just think there, there's a couple of, uh, you know, the film was made in 2013. So there was a lack of awareness, I think, as far as the sex industry goes. Um, as but, In terms of some wait, of the terminology used mm, in the script. You know, okay, I'm trying to they make think light what of you mean. Certain, I, don't, I don't recognize. Well, um, I, just, I just recently seen, I, I just watched it the other day. Yeah. So I just just recently saw it. So it, it, it's in the very beginning, uh, it does not ruin the film. And, um, and, it, and it's just a reflection of that there was a lack of awareness. With, um, in the brilliant Pulitzer Prize winning uh, portion of our discussion this evening that we forgot to record <laughs> last night, we discussed our preoccupation with an interest in the concept of a portrait of a marriage and yes. how... Society tells us a marriage looks like, you know, A, A, B, or C. Pick one of those. When when human beings are are extremely complex and right. and may feel depressed or you know I any number of things, disillusioned when when their marriage doesn't mirror that that thing that they see in a commercial, that thing they see in a movie. And when you run into couples that have been married, you know, they say, oh, we've been married 50, 60, 70 years. And you ask for advice. It's almost like it's this big fat secret, right? How, <laughs> how did you guys stay together so long? And then they just kind of smile and don't really say anything. I, I like the best, <laughs> the best answer to that was in the big chill. How did you guys stay so to, uh, why, why do you guys still have such a wonderful relationship after all these years? And uh, who's who's it? Joe Beth Hurt says, "Fear, fear. He's he's terribly afraid of contracting herpes. <coughs> so we we stay together. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason." Oh God, she's over him, and that we have to do the big chill. We are we, definitely gonna we, do the big we're chill. We're uh, um, we'll tell you a secret when we do the big chill. We we have kind of a, a big chill uh, annual event that, that we do. Nobody dies yeah. or anything bad yeah. like that. Uh, the big chill is uh, we have a wait. Yeah, we'll share. Well, um, we were going to share a little bit of, about our backgrounds this evening. Yeah. Remember, because oh, yeah. we were joking about. Yeah. Um, but we can share that. We we have the uh, Sam had already mentioned that we we uh, were at one point rookie horror shadow shadowcast members, and we've stayed friends with those folks. Our whole lives, yeah. right? Yes, we have. And uh, 
And we also happen to love the film. The Big, Big Chill came out in, uh, when did, oh, when was gosh. that? 85? I don't know, but I do know that we're, we're quite a bit, we were quite a bit younger than the actors when we first saw it. Yes. And now we're quite a bit older than those same actors. And it's when really we, scary. When we revisited. But I, I do remember being in uh, a very good friend of ours. Uh, he, he, our friend Bill, who uh, when was a guest for Run Lola Run, he and I were roommates, best roommate I ever had. Uh, and I remember we would have basically video parties, but we all, that we, I remember a house full of people and watching yeah. The Big Chill. And that, that film actually means a lot to pretty much all of us. I think we all, we've all seen it yeah. and we feel very attached to it. Yes. There comes a time in life where you recognize that there are some very important people that were very pivotal in your lives. And we made the collective decision not to let that go. And so we yeah. meet annually and, and just turn into adolescence again, but, yeah. but these are the people <laughs> who know our deepest, darkest personal truths and, and that, that we can feel 100, 100, you know, 100% comfortable with. So I'm going to get all choked up. No, um, no we're I, I, I think we're not ready for that episode, but when we do talk about that episode, maybe Rocky horror or, or the big chill, it would be nice to get those voices in as guests. It, sh it sure would because kind of an the, in the when round I, when I was talking about uh, doing the Rocky horror, that that's the logistical issue is try to get as many people as we possibly can yeah. to do that. <clears throat> because I think it was pretty Rocky horror is pretty meaningful to us yeah. in yeah. its own way. I, I think Beth, I think we've, we've come clean as far right. as our, our gaffes from the last episode, we we've told yeah. our listeners and I'll remind you again, please join us on St. Patty's day. That's next Thursday right. for our discussion of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. We'll not only right. talk about Mike Nichols directorial debut with this wonderful film with Burton and Taylor, uh, but we have a lot of gossipy stuff too. And we're going to give you a lot of background really about Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton and George Siegel and Sandy Dennis and Mike Nichols it's, it's a real treat. And if you've never seen it, we, we highly, highly recommend it. As Beth mentioned, I think she mentioned before, I can't remember now, it is available on YouTube for free, the full and a nice, pretty yes. nice print of it. Very nice print of yeah. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on YouTube, no paywall, get it, cast it yeah. on your smart, smart uh, TV. Yeah. We're all about trying to, you know, anything we want to talk about, we'd like you to have access to, as we mentioned right. before regarding Caligula. So we do hope you'll join us. And once again, we'd like to invite you to, to DM us in Instagram. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's a movie you'd like us to consider discussing. Uh, if you have any memes or, or any interesting uh, things you'd like us to share on our, our Instagram page. We are PudPod, P-U-D-D. P-O-D, two words on Instagram. We are celluloid puddin, P-U-D-D-N, as in November on Twitter. And uh, celluloid pudding, all one word, dot com, that, sorry, dot gmail, at gmail.com for, uh, for our email. So write us lovely letters and we'll write lovely letters back. Uh, one last plug for Drag Out, which is tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, by the time this is posted, it will be the night of. 
It's free, free to the public, and it's on campus at the University of Miami in the Shalala Center. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. Going to have some local uh, drag stars and student participation. It should be a wonderful event. And it's, it's a fundraiser for Spectrum University of Miami, which is the largest uh, LGBTQ organization on their campus. Their focus is on building bridges between all student organizations, as well as providing a safe space for expression and a, and a place to feel like you're, you're home. Wonderful. I'm, I'm jealous that I can't go. And I, I hope you have a blast and take lots of pictures and some that we can share on Instagram for our people and ourselves. So real quick, Sam, what are you watching? Anything? Um, well, you besides did watch the war. I did watch well, Burton watched... and Taylor. I didn't yeah. approve of it. I didn't think Helen Bonham Carter was a good fit. And I told you before that we watched Shawshank Redemption for about the 12th time. I've seen it many times. And that film holds up every single time. Fantastic film. I have been watching uh, concert video footage. I, I follow Anna Lapwood, who is a classical organist, and yeah. I, that, that it, it doesn't even do it justice. I, she has quite a CV at 27 years of age. Um, but that is her main instrument. She plays like seven other instruments. She's also wow. con a conductor. I think it's the Pembroke Choir. Um, incredibly accomplished musician. Uh, so I will listen to – BBC does this thing – around lunch, they'll do con concerts. Like, they're so, they're so civilized compared to us, you know, the lunch concert with the BBC and they'll have like a choir, they'll have a violinist. And then, so they, they have, they have her. So she'll post her clips on it and I'll listen to that. And I've also, I don't really like the violin, but I've been listening to Hillary Hahn pieces, uh, pieces that Hillary Hahn has done. So, and um, it's given me a sense of peace. I guess I'm, I'm going to send me a link so I can get it, get some, yeah. some of that going. Classical it's music. Be a is weird. A... Do you know how to do a screenshot? Cause I, I want to take a picture of this. Okay. Right. Well, I want to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I look deranged, but I don't care. I'll find one. That's good. Right. My eyes are closed. Oh, well, okay. I don't know how to do a screenshot on the, on the MacBook. Right. Do you? No, I don't. I don't. I, I have a laptop. on the iPad. I could do it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, music, music soothes the soul, and it doesn't. You know, classical music, especially. Yes. I think. All right. Um, so send me a link because I, I I need some of that in my life. I definitely will. So it's Hillary Hahn for violin, and Hillary, she's like now. considered probably the right now one of like the best violinist in the world. Um, and she didn't. She didn't start out there, which is which is interesting too. Apparently, you can evolve as an artist and and become even better, you must and better and better. Well, I mean, just uh, you know, in a sea of really good violinists, she has. Uh, I think she's forty two or forty three now. Has become even greater than probably she was in in her twenties um, or thirties. And Lapwood, Lapwood's stuff is really great. She does this piece, uh, the film Interstellar. I think it's mm -hmm. called The Chase Through the Corn or something. And it's it, it's composed. the The score is done by Hans Zimmer, 
It's a beautiful mm, piece. It's really great. So I will I will link that to you. Oh, cool hey, like my it. my significant other. I think I did. I link this to you. Hans Zimmer does a a concert piece. It was actually a piece from I don't know if it was in, from Interstellar or Inception or one of those. It's a piece called Time. Mm. And Herbert alerted me to this. And there he, he has he plays the piano, a very simple, simple uh progression on the on the piano. But then violins and cellos are added, electric cellos, uh, acoustic cellos, electric violins, acoustic violins, and it's it's very moving. And I, I highly recommend it. You'll have to link that to me because I, I, I like a lot of what uh Hans Zimmer's been doing. Uh, some of the the scoring that he's been doing. Yeah, he's he's one of the best out lately. there. So so we should devote some time to to musicians in film. You know, Miklos Rocha, Hans Zimmer, yeah. and all the yeah. Franz Waxman, all the all the big big time people. Yes, we should. We can de- talk we about can music. A, we could devote a whole episode, like three or four episodes, to Hans. We could devote our lives to it, but we're not going to. But <laughs> we, but but certainly, oh. music is is really a, a huge component in, in any film, right? So, so uh, before we sign off, did you hear about the giant spiders? Is this going to be a joke? Because you know I'm on a spectrum and can't understand jokes, right? There are. What do you mean? You you read Axios, right? Yeah. Yeah, we like we both like Axios. So this was today, yeah. actually, no, 18 hours ago on Axios, Washington, D.C. Giant spiders expected to drop from sky across the East Coast this spring. Wait. All right. This is the, what? what is it called? The, the reckoning or the... <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to be beamed up? Sons are closed you know, <clears throat> soon. Or? From from the article, large Joro spiders. Wait, how do they know that? I need I need a little more information. The University of Georgia announced it this last week. And when when Why can it, we look for the spider shower? It, I'll, I will tell you. <laughs> okay. Why it matters? Large Joro spiders, millions of them, are expected to begin ballooning up and down the east coast as early as May. Researchers have determined that the spiders can tolerate cold weather, but are harmless to humans as their fangs are too small to break human skin. What, wait, hold on. This is news to me that they fly. So they balloon. What do you, I, they have like little parachutes. Well, that's just great. Like, Anybody who has even marginal arachnophobia is not going to be pleased to hear this. I so think. they, the, uh, other terrifying things to know about the Joro spider. This is in the Axios article. Um. They are bright yellow, black, blue, and red, and can grow up to three inches. So they're, right. they're basically all the colors of, of the pride flag. Game over, and, man. Uh, no so way. gay, gay three-inch spiders <laughs> ballooning. <laughs> Full of pride. <laughs> Taking over Georgia. Parachuting Sounds across like fun Georgia. to me. <laughs> do it. Please do it. I don't know how, how you Florida can while you're at predict. It. I mean, we can't even predict the weather precipitation how do you predict spider precipitation i don't it's know a, it's a very interesting article all right their life cycle that begins to me, please. in I need early, that. early spring but they get big in june and are often seen in july and august but i i just the visual of these three inch spiders just parachuting gliding and, and taking over georgia terrorizing delightful to me and and then we get the tokyo scene from godzilla because of this happening i guess 
they they're completely harmless by the way so but it I'm, sounds like the, the cool thing is is it sounds like now they're setting up residence we didn't think they could but now university of georgia is saying oh yay, no, nature i like when nature gets a little <laughs> boost you know right we have to look sexy for podcasters you told me podcasters. crazy eyes all right all right guys gals dolls we love you thank you for listening and tolerating us yes most of all thank you for tolerating <laughs> um do tune in next time for yes. next thursday for yeah. who's afraid of virginia wolf in the meantime keep safe be kind to one another and read we something to- different watch something different be kind to each other be nice be nice and sweet and hang in there and if you need us or need a friend, reach out to us. We're happy to talk to you. Good night.